welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Kathleen Hallisey, Senior Associate in the Abuse Team. I'm joined by my colleague, Danielle Vincent, also a Senior Associate in the Abuse Team. Hi, Danny. Hi, Kathleen. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today on HJ Talks About Abuse. We are going to be talking about a recent headline that does involve themes of sexual abuse and sexual assault. So just a trigger warning here that if this is not something that's a good thing for you to be listening to today, it's now the time to, to switch off and perhaps do something else. For the rest of you who feel able to join us, welcome. And Danny, if you can just introduce us to the topic that you found in the recent headline. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about a primary school teacher who has finally been charged and he's been jailed for 13 years following a conviction. This was involving a number of children over a really long period. It was over 20 years, dating back to 1999. So really, we're going to be talking about in this podcast, abuse in positions of trust, specifically in regards to school teachers, and in this case, primary school teachers, because I don't know if it's your experience, but normally when we have civil cases coming through and headlines, it ends up being teachers in regards to senior schools, because primary school children don't necessarily understand what's been going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, this is shocking, particularly primary school, and went on for, for so many years, just kind of looking at some of the information here about what's gone on. It was both boys and girls that he sexually assaulted, and he was in his role for, for 28 years. According to his employers and to teachers and parents, he, w- he was a good and respected teacher. And that really ultimately is how he was able to perpetrate the abuse. And for me, Danny, I think that brings up a point that I always am stressing and think that there should be public information campaigns about what an, an abuser actually looks like, that they aren't, you know, the kind of obvious kind of creepy person that you see, although they can sometimes be that, but often it's, it is the, the beloved teacher or the, you know, charismatic priest or the fun scout leader or the, you know, amazing football coach that everybody loves because part of what they do as perpetrators is groom, not just the children, but the adults around them as well, so that they are able to then perpetrate the abuse. Exactly. And the common theme of all of those, as you mentioned, it's it's the position of trust. So here it's a primary school teacher. This person's probably looked after that cohort of children for at least a year. Mm. Having read all of the reports on this, it was clear that he was touching children in clear sight. So there will have been a normalisation of his behaviour. And sadly, this went on for two decades, which is shocking. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a that's a really good point, Danny, about the kind of normalizing of the behavior. And if it's happening in plain sight, it's often hard for a child or a victim to understand, is this actually inappropriate? Or or, or how could this be inappropriate if, if other people are here or other people surely must have noticed? I actually, ironically, was just having a conversation this week with a client about that and being touched in a, in a group setting where there was a meeting going on and the client kind of saying, 
saying, I know it's hard to believe. And and I said, no, it's not. I've had so many cases like that. I think if you're probably not in this world, maybe that seems shocking to you. But if you are in this world and you do this work, then, you know, you know that actually that's not unheard of. It, it you know, does happen in plain sight, actually, sometimes. And also, whenever we're talking about certain roles with, with the young children, you know, you've mentioned the football coach and everything else. As a child, we all know we're very keen to please and, and to go along with, with what's expected of us. And with regards to teachers, we see it often that there's extracurriculum, there's treats, there's sweets. In this article, it was confirmed that he would give children stickers and things like that, you know, when you're a young child. So there was lots of grooming in this instance, which we've seen many, many times when we represent survivors of abuse involving teachers, that it's just a very common theme of, of the way that this route that, that he's taken. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, you know, whole grooming process of making a child feel special, giving them little treats and things like that. And as you say, again, you know, normalizing normalizing the behavior. But I think, you know, in terms of normalizing the behavior and it happening in plain sight, I think that does also raise questions about did anybody have suspicions about him, other staff members? And if they did, were those reported? You know, we don't know. There hasn't been any information about that in the in the headlines. But, you know, I think that there can be sometimes two things. Either somebody has seen something and reported it and it was ignored if he was this beloved teacher or somebody did see something but but didn't report it, which, you know, speaks to the whole issue of mandatory reporting that we talk about so much. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing, isn't it, is that this mandatory reporting we talk about so often, if this was actually put in place in so many areas that we see, sadly, too frequently abuse, it hopefully would really tighten up the situation. The one thing that hit me with this report was that, you know, some of the people that, that were giving evidence were, you know, adults by this time. And the, this teacher was still he was still in his position in 2017. So, you, you know, those individuals have gone through life knowing what's been going on. And that must be a real detriment to them and worry for them, because ultimately they could have had their own children by that stage go to the same primary school. Yeah, gosh, that's, I, I didn't think of that, Danny. That's a really, really good point and must be absolutely terrifying as a parent as well to think, you know, this person is is still there teaching and my child could come in contact with them. So, again, just speaks to the point of like, it's really shocking to consider how long that this went, how long this went on for and how many children he abused. And if we did have mandatory reporting, you know, potentially this could this whole situation could have been avoided. Yeah, and we're only talking about those that, that have come forward at this point and gave evidence. But as we, we rightly know, generally there's lots and lots of people that don't come forward to those that do come forward. And so, as you say, if there was mandatory reporting in this case, who knows how many people could have been prevented from his behaviours? Yeah, absolutely. Really tragic story, as most of these are, but but equally positive in the sense that he has been convicted and, and received a, a long jail sentence. So I really applaud the bravery of the victims in coming forward. Yes, and, and I understand that there could be more cases coming forward in specifically in regards to this individual. So if anyone's listening to this podcast and has been affected by this individual or, or abuse in this nature, we'd always encourage you that you report it to the police going forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. And 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 also if if anyone has any questions for us about this specifically, you know, we would be happy to speak to anybody about it. Well, thank you, Kathleen, for talking about this one. It's a short podcast today, but we just really wanted to cover this headline because sadly this impacts so many of our clients coming forward. And we think it's really important that we keep talking about mandatory reporting and abuse in positions of trust, especially in organizations such as education because as we as we say you know we, we all have teachers in our lives we, we ultimately trust these individuals to give the best service to, to ourselves our, our own children so really really important that we keep raising awareness of this issue yeah absolutely thanks for bringing it to everyone's attention danny thanks kathleen okay we'll see you next week bye everyone thank you for listening to this episode of hj talks about abuse you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.